A lot of polling out these days. The Ipsos people have just released an economic poll. It's, it includes this kind of information. Nearly a quarter of Canadians, 22% of us, are completely out of money and say there's no way they can pay for more household necessities. And over half, 52%, are concerned they might not have enough to feed their family. And that percentage rises to two-thirds among parents polled. Across the street at Polera, those polling people have just released their annual economic outlook. And they say five out of six Canadians believe the country is already in recession and more than half fear the economy will get worse this year. And both of these polls were conducted before the latest interest rate hike, which took place just a couple of days ago, uh, 25 basis points this time, bringing the benchmark rate to 4.5%. Here to talk about it all is Jennifer McCracken, a licensed insolvency trustee and senior vice president with BDO First Call Debt Solutions here in in Vancouver and a good friend of this program. Jennifer, good morning and welcome back. Good morning, Sterling. So let's talk about this interest rate hike because, of course, uh, these numbers that I just quoted from both Ipsos and Polera, uh, they were taken, not very optimistic to say the very least, but they were taken before the interest rate hike. Now, it wasn't as gigantic as previous hikes, and they say it's likely to be the last one for a while, the Bank of Canada using the word pause in their explanation, but it's still another uptick. So what do you make of it all? Yes, you know, it, it's uh, interesting how, you know, when you look at the benchmark rate uh, that, that it currently is at 4.5, it, that's actually the highest it's been since December of 2007. Mm-hmm. And this is the eighth increase in the last year. So uh, definitely there is a move to try to cool inflation and bring that rate down. And um, according to the Bank of Canada, it's not going down fast enough. So they're trying to get it down to the 2% rate. And we're currently sitting at 6.3. So you know, while it's a conditional pause, if we don't see the effect of that inflation rate going down, Canadians can expect further increases. So this is really a good time to assess now currently, what is the impact of this increase currently on my financial situation? Um, what is what is the impact to my debt? What adjustments do I need to make now? And plan for the fact that we might see further increases. Mm-hmm. So be prepared to continue to adjust the, the concept around budgeting, paying attention to your expenses, making changes is really happening now. And uh, Canadians really need to be focused on making those changes if it's necessary with this with this increase. Yeah, and one other thing, one, one sector of the Canadian population that is likely to be affected most by this, Jennifer, are those who are trying to buy a home, particularly first-time home buyers, because that stress test, is all, it's not at 4.5% either, is it? No, it isn't. So the stress test, they're actually testing whether, uh, based on your current income, your current budget, can you handle an increased amount um, It should the rates rise. And mm-hmm. so this is why the stress testing rules actually came in many years ago, because there was this awareness that the, we were having these historically low levels uh, of the benchmark rate, that th- there is this anticipation they're not going to stay low forever. And there is a need uh, to ensure that there's responsible lending and that uh, we do want Canadians, if they are making that big step, it's the biggest financial purchase of any couple, any household's life, um, that you know we don't want... Uh, uh, Canadians struggling and getting in over their head. There is this sense that they have to, they ought to be able to afford it, given um, any kind of increase. Keeping in mind as well that Canadians also withstand other changes in their financial life. So there could be a change in income. Sure, uh, you could have a, become a two-income household to a one-income household. So uh, you do want to really think hard about whether or not you can afford that purchase. And Canadians that signed on for that variable rate are now really seeing the impact because their the monthly payment is going up. 
Um, and if they borrowed against it, there's any kind of HELOC unsecured portion of that uh, borrowing against the home, it's having a very significant impact now. Jennifer, you and I have been talking together about money on the radio for years. And one thing that has, that it's consistent and it's a constant and it's, it, I suppose it shouldn't be surprising anymore because it's been so constant, is the fact that there is a significant percentage of Canadian households in which a, an, an unexpected expense exceeding $200 is nearly catastrophic. Those numbers haven't changed. If anything, they've increased, haven't they? Yes, and this really speaks, Sterling, to the fact that a lot of Canadians don't have money set aside, savings uh, for an emergency. Um, Canadians really report, and they have for years, as you say, we've talked for years about the fact that they report they live paycheck to paycheck. And one of the recent surveys found that there's Canadians that say that they can't even withstand one month of a recession or six months. Again, it speaks to the fact that there are no savings. They're living paycheck to paycheck. The cost of living is so high that they're really not in a position to withstand an unexpected expense in the range of $200, which really uh, speaks a lot to the fact that the cost of living and affordable housing and, you know, Canadians being able to just meet their basic needs and put necessities on the table is a struggle for everybody, regardless of where you're living in this country. Indeed. Now, you're talking about uh, making plans, understanding budgets, and mostly having a sense, a strong sense of money going in and money going out. And part of that is something called a debt-to-income ratio. What's that, Jennifer? Yes. So what we're we're suggesting Canadians do now with this change is that they uh, stress test the debt, measure what percentage of your monthly income are you spending on servicing debt. So write in all the monthly debt obligations that you have, divide that by the income, your take home after tax income and assess the percentage. Anybody that is spending 40 percent of their income on servicing debt is a warning sign. So when we talk about what are the warning signs of financial difficulty, okay. that would be one. Also include secured debt, right? So those finance agreements, leases. Um, I see individuals in my practice that have very high monthly costs associated uh, for finance agreements and leases on uh, motor vehicles, on recreational equipment, do include that. That is a debt obligation that you are required to pay. Right. And again, speaking of stress tests, as we were moments ago, a part of factoring in your ability to survive and keep your head above water is understanding that even though the Bank of Canada says now we're going to pause this interest rate increase business for a while, as you've already alluded to, and as Danielle Park did in our last hour, uh, they may not be over. So it's important to stress your stress test rather your own personal debt isn't it it is and also set money aside now if you can really have a look at your budget right assess what amount you're paying on your debts now if those rates go up assess what that increase will be and if you can set aside money now trim back you know cut back on things that are not essential have money set aside if you are needing uh, additional funds to service debt when that increase happens if it happens you're prepared and ready in your budget, you have that set aside to start tackling that increased debt payment that you're going to see in your monthly budget. Yeah. One thing I wanted to take a moment here and talk about is remedies, Jennifer, because a lot of people get to the point where they start just literally drowning in debt. And, and, and then immediately you, you hit the panic button and go, oh, my gosh, I got to go bankrupt. And that's not necessarily it's the it's the solution that we know most, but it's not necessarily the solution that's used the most. Talk about other remedies for people having debt issues that need to straighten out. 
Yes, and it, that's a great question because um, there is this assumption that, you know, I'm bankrupt. I, I need a bankruptcy. I'm just going to go bankrupt. Yeah. No, you, know, you can talk to a licensed insolvency trustee. All trustees offer a free consultation, and we will walk you through the options when someone has an option for debt consolidation and can really rejig their budget and avoid an insolvency filing, you can get that advice from a trustee. They'll, they'll walk you through that. You also have the option to consider what we call a consumer proposal, which is essentially a settlement on the debt. It's negotiated with the creditors, the trustees involved, and you're able to write down and pay a lower a monthly payment that you actually can afford, mm-hmm. and it will have a term of five years. So it's spread out over a period of time where you get relief and you're able to relax and and put the budget to, in place and plan for your future without creditors knocking at the door and all the collection calls. You actually are you have creditor protection to make that monthly payment and a flexible time frame of five years. And so that is an option that is less severe than bankruptcy. It hasn't impacted your credit rating, but you know any process where you're writing down debt, it is going to have an impact. It's less severe than bankruptcy. So you're able to reestablish yourself after the process easier than if you had filed bankruptcy. And it's not as ultimate, the, the end of the world as bankruptcy even sounds in your mind when you say it out, out loud to yourself in, in, a, in a dark room. Oh my gosh, I stepped off a cliff. You don't have to, do you? No, you don't. And it's, it's one of those things where debt's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, people that need a release that they they're honest they've just come on tough circumstances that's why it's there you know you're gonna you have a process there to get a fresh start get some relief and there is a prospect that you can live your life without having debt and that's the process that's going to basically put you in a better place and move you forward so that you, you learn the budgeting skills you get the financial relief and you have a brighter future and, and again, uh, it's about being helpful from the point of view, you the person across the desk from the indebted person who comes to you in pretty troubled circumstances, feeling uh, the weight of the world on their shoulders. Uh, and, you know, the last thing they need is, is, a, is a judgmental sermon about what a bad financial person you are. That's not what you're there for. No, it isn't. And keeping in mind, Sterling, that so many instances of debt and financial difficulty are caused by really significant life events. Sure. A lot of times outside your control. It could be health issues. It could be death in the family. It could be job loss. So, you know, life gets in the way. And and the result is that people find themselves in financial difficulty. There's usually very exceptional circumstances that led to it. That's part of the path of moving forward. So there is no judgment on you want to assess how you got there. But really the focus on how do we move forward? Getting out, exactly. Getting out, yes. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.